Father, we are so blessed to be in your presence. God, to be together in your presence. We know, God, and we walk through life in your presence everywhere we go, but Lord, together we celebrate you. We sing your praise. We adore you and say, God, you are the apple of our eye in this moment. We look to you for your leadership, your direction. Speak to our hearts today, and we say, holy are you, Lord. Continue to make us holy. It's in your, fa- in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, worship team. What a blessing this morning. Um, I say pretty regularly that my favorite opportunities to worship are when I get to preach because I love to worship with these folks. They're so amazing. So it's, it's just a blessing to, uh, um, to be able to sit and worship with you. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For great, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Over the past few weeks, um, Pastor Kurt spoke on uh, three learnings that he had received from his, uh, from his sabbatical, the time that he had... Oh, I didn't even introduce myself yet. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll back up. My name's Greg, and I'm on staff here as well. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Covenant Church, and just excited to share with you this morning, as you can tell, because I got ahead of myself. <clears throat> so over the past few weeks, uh, Pastor Kurt has been sharing about the, the three... Um, the three learnings that he received over his sabbatical time while he was gone. And, um, and those, those three learnings were travel light and shared experience and soul care. Soul care. So yeah, we know soul care is really important because he said it about a billion times. <clears throat> so soul care must be important for us. But as, as he said that, one of the times that he was speaking about those, those three learnings, he said those were his rocks. Those were his, his, his three learning rocks, he said. And, and, uh, and when, when I heard him say rocks, uh, it, it made me immediately start to daydream. And, uh, and I thought, I visited rocks this year. Uh, so uh, I, I, that's what I want to share with you about is, is some rocks that I, I visited this, this, uh, this summer. We took a road trip. I know it sounds a little odd. We took a road trip to South Dakota this summer, and we saw some really cool rocks. We saw Devil's Tower, which is a national monument, Mount Rushmore, and also a national monument, and, uh, and Needles Highway. And, and I want to share a little bit more about each of those um, as we, as we continue on, I don't know, do we get some pictures? Yeah, we'll, we'll show some pictures as we go. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but first, I just, I, I want to call our attention to how I saw, uh, I, that's what I want to do in this moment, is how I saw God in those rocks. And so I'm going to share that story with you all today. So let's pray one more time and invite God in. Creator God, thank you for making us with purpose. Thank you for giving us examples in your creation of how you love us and you want us to love one another. Bless us now with understanding and insight on how we are to live for and in your kingdom right now. And it's in your name we pray, amen. 
So I'm going to break Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10 down into an ABC for us. I like to go back to kindergarten whenever I can. Uh, so, um, so we're going to break it down to an ABC. And the first one, the first part, we are God's workmanship. Uh, and then we're going to move into uh, the B, or we're going to tackle this one, created in Christ Jesus. And then we're going to bring it home with to do the good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. So starting off with uh, God's, we are first God's workmanship. Um, and, and this is an odd one to start with maybe for you all, but uh, we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. Devil's Tower, admittedly, like I said, is an odd one to start with uh, for talking about we are God's workmanship. I want you to see it though. So that's my son Samuel. And right behind him is <laughs> Devil's Tower. You may recognize it from uh, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was, uh, it was in there. Um, kind of an, uh, a, a weird movie, but um, anyway, nonetheless, you might have seen that one. Um, Devil's Tower was the first national monument established in the United States in 1906, and uh, that has no bearing on our message, but we just, I just wanted you to know about it. Um, and we look at it, I don't know if, if you do, when you see it in a picture, it's not quite as significant maybe, but when I saw it in person... I marveled at it. How did God create this? How? He, he, it's got his fingerprints all over it. It's just, it's just an amazing creation that he made, and we marvel at that. I want you to take just a moment and look around this room. Go ahead. I know. I do this to you all the time, but I want you to look around the room. Some of you are going, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Look around the room. You're going to make eye contact with people. It's going to be an awkward moment. It's okay. So as you look around this room, I want you to realize that not only is Devil's Tower a, a workmanship or a creation of God, but we, the people around you, are God's workmanship, as, as the scripture tells us. We are created by God, and, and simply because of that, um, we have we have value. We are his masterpiece. Uh, the, in the book of Genesis, after his creation each day, God says, it is good. He looks back and he says, what I made is good. I kind of love that part of, of what he does there. And then the last day when he's, of his creation time, what does he say? Do you, have, you, have you read that before? He looks back and he goes, it is very good. Many of you know it. That's beautiful. It is very good. After he made people, it was very good. Each other day, it was just good. We're very good. I think that's really exciting to see too. So to say that absolutely creation, all of creation has value to God and he made it, but we have value simply because he created us. We are very good. In my pocket, I think I still have it. Um, I saw an analogy once, and I want to give it to you guys. So it's, uh, it's got a little pocket lint on it, but who, who would like this $20 bill? Right? You know, I noticed that the kids raised their hand the fastest and the first. Like, woohoo! yes, I want that $20 bill. The rest of us are like, ah, it's kind of a, a trick or a joke, or I've seen this analogy before, whatever it is. Um, but uh, we, we, nobody's going to turn down a $20 bill, right? Okay, so what if I do this to it? I have crumpled it up and made a little ball out of it. Somebody, somebody already said it. I don't even, I don't, I'll still take it. Uh, yeah. Who still wants this $20 bill? The same hands will come up in the air, I'm sure. So what if, but what if I do this? Who still wants it? 
right? So the idea behind this $20 bill, it still has value, even though it doesn't look so good. If it was torn, it still has value. Its value is intrinsic. And uh, Thomas, I saw your hand up first. So you get, you get 20 bucks. Um, its value is... Its value is intrinsic. We, we know that wherever Thomas takes that $20 bill, people are going to go, it's worth $20. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't matter what I've done to it. It still has that same value, right? God created us with value. And no matter what the world has done to you, no matter what you've done even to yourself, you still are God's masterpiece and have incredible value to God and value to this church and the world. It may not show it sometimes, the world may not show it sometimes, but you have value. Um, so I want you to say it out loud right now. I am, and this, some of you are going to go, I'm not doing it, but I want you to do it just so you know that you have value. Absolutely. I am God's masterpiece. Would you say that out loud? I am God's masterpiece. I don't feel like I have to, uh, to do it again. To, uh, I don't want to give you a reprimand, but um, just remember that you are God's masterpiece. And now I had you look around the room, um, and I, I, every person in this room is God's masterpiece. I, that's amazing that he can make almost 300 masterpieces right here, just here, 300 masterpieces in this room. That's exciting to me. Um, every person has value, intrinsic value, because God created them, even if they think differently than you, even if you don't like them, even if you take them for granted. Their value is intrinsic, intrinsic because they are God's masterpiece, and they are very good. Okay, we're going to do it again. One more time. I won't make you do it again after this, but look around the room. Find somebody that you can look at in their eyes. I know, I know. You don't want to. You don't want to. I'm, I'm looking at some of you. Find somebody you can and say, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You all, we all are God's masterpiece. Not only are we God's masterpiece, the pinnacle of what he made, but he also made us with gifts inside Ooey gooey nougat. No, wait, that's not it. He gave us great gifts inside to share with the world. And, uh, and I want to move on to uh, my next rock that we visited, and that was Mount Rushmore. Um, so if you, if you look up, <laughs> this picture tells a little bit of a tale. I didn't have any clue how excited I would be to see Mount Rushmore. I was a kid at Disneyland. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And I pulled over. I, that's not driving right there. Um, I pulled over, and I had somebody take a picture from behind and said, you got to get, this is crazy. And then if you go to the next picture, um, yeah, you can see Mount Rushmore there in the distance. And, we, and we've got one more um, to show. That's, that, that was, uh, yeah, isn't it, isn't it amazing? I, 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 was, I was a kid at Disneyland. It was so cool. Um, and so I want to give you just a little bit of the history of this one as well. Um, Doan Robinson conceived for the, the idea of Mount Rushmore in 1923, 1923, yep. And uh, do you know why he thought of it, the first person? 
No, anybody? Yeah. Tourism. He was trying to get tourism to South Dakota. That's totally true. It's a gimmick. All this is a gimmick. Okay. <laughs> but he hired, this is pretty amazing, actually. He hired uh, Gutzen Borglin, and, uh, and Gutzen Borglin was a sculptor, and he hired him to create Mount Rushmore. Um, and Bo- uh, Gutzen Borglum used uh, 400 people over about 20, close to 20 years to create uh, what you see here. And um, he had a vision on how to create Mount Rushmore. He got people involved and he got people to understand his vision and carry it out. Even people that might not have known, I mean, they kind of knew the big picture, but even people that were just chiseling out a nose, uh, you know, they, they might not have seen the bigger picture of what was going to be created, uh, but they still were able to participate in, in, this, um, in this sculpture. And, uh, and Gutzen uh, couldn't have accomplished Mount Rushmore on his own. There's no way. And in fact, uh, before, he, he died before it was finished, and his son had to finish it. And that his son completed to what we see today, which they say is actually unfinished still. Um, there are so many parallels in the Mount Rushmore story that remind me of how God made a plan. His plan was Jesus. And, and Jesus came and carried out his plan that employs people, that employs you and I to do these works that he calls us to. It's part of Jesus' plan. Jesus died finishing the work that God gave him on earth, the work of salvation for sinners. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for me while I still wasn't for him. The work of healing the brokenhearted. Hope for those who have none. Uh, Christ did the work of testifying to the truth. He was the truth. And he brought the truth to us. And Jesus did the work of being an example of what it is to have perfect unity with God. And we may not understand that or ever get there this side of heaven. But someday we'll have that perfect unity with God. Jesus is the example of our God-given gifts being used in perfect unity with God to accomplish his purpose. Jesus finished his work leaving the disciples new work or work to complete for us. In John 20, 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you as the Father sent me So I am sending you. He's sending us out to do his work. Jesus tells us that he was the example, and now he's sending us out to continue his work. Based on that scripture, oh, I want to share one more, sorry. Um, Jesus tells us also, he tells his disciples at one point, they'll do greater things than even Jesus did. That one always throws me. How can you do greater things than even Jesus did? He said, I'm going to the Father, but you're staying here to be with the people, and you potentially will do even greater things than I did in my ministry, Jesus told them. Based on that scripture, we have our work cut out for us. Granted, it's not out of granite. (laughs) Had to sneak that one in, sorry. 
The next, the next part, or the next, uh, the next rock that we visited, Needles Highway. Now, you may not be as familiar with Needles Highway as the other two uh, rocks that we talked about, but it was, it was beautiful, and it was mysterious, and for our kids, as you can see, it was a playground. Um, you want to go to the next slide? This was, a, I, I just had to show you this one. If you look, so there's a person at the bottom climbing up, but play the next, do the, go to the next slide. That's a person at the top of that waiting for the other person at the bottom, right? So we drove past and, uh, and, and the guy waved at us that was up on top. It was, yeah, anyway, it was, it, was a, it was a playground moment and it was just beautiful and mysterious and uh, that, was, um, that was an amazing thing for us to see. Uh, we've talked about God as the creator. We are his masterpieces. We've talked about Jesus as the perfect example of how to use the gifts that he's given us um, and, and giving us the work that we are to continue. And, and now we come, God and Jesus, what's the next, the next uh, obvious kind of place that we would go? Holy Spirit, right? We're going we're gonna to get the whole Trinity in this one. So we've got, uh, we've got the Holy Spirit. Now, we... we the Holy Spirit is kind of a little bit more difficult to talk about, and not necessarily from my perspective here, although um, as I was putting together my message, I changed it four or five times as I went, Scripture does not say that, Greg. You can't say that about the Holy Spirit. That's not true. That's something that I believe, but I haven't seen it. I couldn't find it in Scripture, and I know we are a congregation of, show me where it's written. And so I wanted to make sure that I was telling the truth about what I saw in there. And so I changed it around. It's a little bit harder for us to talk about the Holy Spirit. God and Jesus are, are maybe a little bit more easy because, you know, no matter where you go, almost every person's worldview has God in it. Even if it's being against God or trying to disprove God, at least there's some form of God in there. And then, and then you look um, at Jesus and the world knows who Jesus is, the world, almost any culture you go to will know who Jesus is. And so there's, there's conversation that can be had around Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, people are going to think you're weird. Not necessarily. Now, in the church, obviously, it's, it's, it's great to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and I hope that we have opportunities to talk about the Holy Spirit and what he's, his, um, his work in our hearts outside of the church as well. But sometimes it's just a little more difficult uh, to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and what I want to do this morning is, um, is talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and what the power of the Holy Spirit does in us. Um, you know, when we talked about Needles Highway, I said there were a, a few things um, in, in Needles Highway that it was mysterious and the Holy Spirit's kind of mysterious and it was beautiful, and, and the Holy Spirit does beautiful things. The playground part, I just wanted to show you the pictures, so that's, that's, um, so there was a part uh, in scripture in John chapter 3, when, uh, when Jesus is talking with a, a, a Pharisee who came to him uh, named Nicodemus. You're, you may all be familiar with this, but I'll, I'm going to share the story at any rate. Um, he comes, and Jesus basically talks to him about being born again, born of the Spirit, and, and, and Nicodemus does not get it. He is, who? Oh. And, um, and so he asks questions, and so I don't, I don't mean to make him sound dumb. I'm, I apologize. He, he is God's masterpiece. So, um, <laughs> but he, he didn't get it. And so Jesus said something else that almost is more mysterious about it. And, and he says, um, in John chapter 3, he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. 
You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from and, and or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Translation, the Spirit and those born of the Spirit tend to be a bit mysterious. There's some mystery in that. We don't quite understand it all. The Spirit is not a science. And if we try to make the Spirit a science, we are going to be sorely disappointed because sometimes He answers the way we expect and does things that are miraculous. Sometimes He doesn't do that healing right now, and sometimes He never does. We can look back and we can see most of the time, I won't say always, but most of the time we can look back and see, oh, now I understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. The Holy Spirit's power. Um, what is the power in the Holy Spirit in these verses that you hear? I'm going to uh, display a few verses, and I just want to ask you the question of, of what you see as, uh, as Holy Spirit work in these. What's the power of the Holy Spirit? So first is Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What is the power in this scripture? The spirit, the spirit, and what is it causing us to do? Please God. It's, 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 it's helping us to please God, okay? That's the power of the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to please God. Um, when I think of the word power of the Holy Spirit, I, I, I can't help it, but I go to Star Wars and I go the force. And then I'm disappointed that I can't levitate and I can't control minds of people around me. You will all know the Holy Spirit. No, I, um, I, I, I don't necessarily get really disappointed about those things, but that's what it, that's what it makes me think of. It's mysterious and, and um, something different. Uh, I, I, I think of Samson's power, and I want to take on the bad guys with my level 50 strength. And, uh, but God is more about our charisma rather than earthly power. I want to do another verse, uh, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we, what we pray for as, excuse me, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What's the power of the Spirit in this one? He's, it's prayer. It's prayer on our behalf to God, right? Yeah, absolutely. The power of the Holy Spirit is prayer on our behalf. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36, 27 says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, uh, and I will put it within you. Sorry, did I get that right? New spirit, I will put within you. There you go. <clears throat> and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. What's the power that the Holy Spirit gives us in this scripture? To walk with God and to be, be careful to obey his rules, right? It's, it's not leap tall buildings with a single bound. Ephesians chapter 3, 16. Uh, this, is, this is a bit longer one, so bear with me. Um, and I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's people to grasp how 
high, how, excuse me, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What is the power of the Holy Spirit in this, in this scripture? It's giving us God's love. I know I had more time to think about it than you guys. I'm sorry. That's, that's unfair to do. But as you, as you look at it, it's to understand God's love. The power of the Holy Spirit in this one is to know God and his love for us and be able to share that with others, not shooting laser as, lasers out of my fingertips. Um, even other scriptures tell us that the Spirit will help us to understand and enlighten us into, into God's word for us. The Spirit enables us to do the works. This is the, the C portion of our uh, ABCs. Enables us to do the works that God prepared in advance for us to do. I believe that as Jesus told Nicodemus, the Spirit is mysterious. We won't always understand how or when its power will come. And I need to make sure that I don't expect the power of Samson in me because God only did that once, at least that we see recorded. What do these three rocks do for us? What, what, here, here we've got these three rocks that I've, I've put out before you, and I just want to ask the question. At, well, I'll, it'll be a rhetorical question because I'm going to give you the answer. Um, what do we do with these three rocks? Be reminded that you and every person in this room and every person on this planet it's God's masterpiece, the Mona Lisa, the piece de resistance, the, the beauty that God has created. And he made each person with a gift inside. Sometimes we don't use those gifts for God, but when we do, when we see, when we see Jesus using those gifts in perfect unity with God, amazing things happen. When we get to use our gifts in unity with God, amazing things happen. Um, uh, be reminded that you're, you're, uh, all the people around you are God's masterpiece. Your friends, your enemies, your coworkers, your boss, your family. And I, and I use family last is because I think sometimes we, we treat our family as the last. And I want to make sure that we remember that family our family, our kids, our spouses, our extended family, our parents, they are God's masterpiece as well. Treat them and, and treat each other like God's masterpiece. Jesus being the perfect example, um, we get to work in unity with God and use our gifts to see Christ glorified, God glorified. And the Holy Spirit will give us the power to use those gifts for his glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your gift to us of the Holy Spirit, of your love to us. Lord, as we think about the Holy Spirit and what he does in us, God, we, uh, we invite you to do your work today. Remind us of who we are in you. Help us to understand how to use our gifts and to look to Jesus to know what our gifts might be. And God, we rely on you, your Holy Spirit, to enlighten us to give us vision, to direct us. And it's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.